see all of you today on this um, special day. I just want you to know, uh, you know Dr. Erwin Entz wrote a book called The Beautiful Community, and uh, it's really a picture of the multicultural community that God is building for his glory, and he's talking about the universal church and the world and how he longs to see that community made manifest in America, in the church. And um, we, have, we still have a long way to go, but I just want you to know that we are a beautiful community here. We're a beautiful community that God has built, and I see you all as being such a beautiful people that God has brought into this church from all kinds of different backgrounds, denominational, uh, tongues, tribes, all kinds of, of places. And I'm just I'm so grateful to be your pastor. Pastoring Trinity Park Church has been uh, one of the greatest honors of, of my life and just what God has done here. And so, so grateful for all of you. Um, this is going to be a really brief sermon. If this is your first Sunday to ever visit, this will be the shortest sermon you ever hear me preach because we got four more testimonies coming up. So I'm going to be like, this is going to be like vignette style because I want to make sure we hear from other people today. But what we have here is the disciples, they encountered Jesus in the midst of a storm. And in the midst of the storm, they were tempted to A, forget that Jesus was even there, and B, to forget what kind of Jesus is really with them in the boat. They forget he's there, and they forget who he is in the midst of this storm. In Trinity Park, we have been in a storm. We have been in a storm, uh, really ever since our existence, but in particular, the past two years have been really, really hard. And in the midst of this storm, I can honestly attest the fact that in my own personal life, and I think for all of you, if you hadn't had the Lord with you, if I hadn't had the Lord with me, on the boat. If he hadn't been present with us in the last two years, we wouldn't have made it. We wouldn't be sitting here today. I, I, that's honest. That's honest truth. We would not be here. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. There have been times when I and when you, we have questioned the loving kindness of God. We've questioned the goodness of God along the way. In the midst of the storm, I and we, it's been really hard for me to understand how Jesus is with me and what it's looked like for Jesus to be present to be all of who Jesus is on the boat, but yet Jesus has been faithful to us. So there's three really brief things I want to point out to us as we, as we have this celebration Sunday and then move forward into the future. As we look back on God's faithfulness in the past and move forward in the future, I think it's really important for us to learn what we can on this day, what we can learn about walking with Jesus and being with Jesus in the storms of our lives. So there's three things that Jesus says in this passage, three statements of Jesus in this conversation he has with the disciples on the lake that day that I want to point out to you. The first thing that Jesus says is this, let's go over to the other side. Let's go to the other side of the lake, verse 35 and 36. This is the call of Jesus. Jesus very clearly says to them, let's go to the other side. So in the midst of this, the call was very clear. He was very clear. My intention is that we reach the other side of the lake together. The timing of the call was really interesting. It happens right after he teaches the disciples. Just after he teaches them about the parable of the sower and the seed, lighting your gospel lamp for the world to see, the parable of the mustard seed, and all kinds of famous teachings right after that, he calls them to get on the boat with him. 
And our tendency in the midst of the storms of our lives is to question the teaching that we have received. But one thing we can learn is to never question in the darkness, never question in the storms what God has revealed to you in the light of day. Never question in the storms what God has revealed to you in the light. Hold on to those teachings that God has given you, and actually it's in the storms of our lives when those truths land in our hearts in a fresh and different way. Jesus called them to enter into this this moment with him in an uncomfortable circumstance. These are fishermen who knew that on that lake, on the Sea of Galilee, on that lake it was very well known that at night the storms would come over the mountains, winds would come over the mountains and cause issues. That's why people usually didn't fish, fish at night on that lake. And so when Jesus said, at nightfall, let's get in the boat, the timing would have been very inconvenient and very questionable, but yet Jesus calls them to trust him in a way that defies their own personal rationale. It's also important when they receive the call of Jesus to go to the other side, I want you to notice the fellowship of the call. He said, let us go to the other side of the lake. We're called to go on the boat, to be on the boat in the storm together, to endure this crisis together. And we're called, most importantly, along the way to not forget that Jesus is with us himself. Jesus never calls us to go anywhere that he himself is not willing to go. He's always on the boat with us. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. So the first point is that he calls us to go to the other side with him. The second thing Jesus says in the conversation is this in verse 37 and 39. He says, peace be still. This is Jesus in crisis. So just after they obey the call to get on the boat and go with Jesus, sure enough, they knew it was going to happen. At least they sensed it. This massive storm comes up over the mountain, and it is just, it is a nightmare. The circumstances are obviously traumatic because they recall certain details like you do in trauma. You can recall exactly where things were in the room, exactly what happened, the sequence of events in ways that you normally wouldn't. And they could remember all these details, like Jesus being asleep on a cushion and how many buckets of water they tried to bail out of the boat. Their gut reaction like ours that night was to doubt the faithfulness of God. Those words when Jesus said, Just a few minutes ago, let's go across to the other side of the lake. They were a distant memory, and now they were fighting for their lives. Interestingly, what is Jesus doing during this hurricane of sorts? He is sleeping. This is the only time that Jesus is said to be sleeping in all of the Gospels. And what an interesting time to be asleep in the middle of a storm. It's almost like Jesus knows something about himself that we don't know. It's almost like he knows that in Genesis 1, he created the waters. In Exodus 14, he parted the waters. And so in Mark 4, it's nothing for him to calm the storm. And so he's asleep in the stern of the ship, even in this great storm. But the disciples are turning to their own efforts. They're not just questioning the faithfulness of Jesus. They're now they're doubting his goodness. They say, Master, don't you care if we drown Basically, they're saying, Jesus, don't you even care about us at all? And these can be the same questions we ask in crisis. Are you faithful, Jesus? Are you good, Jesus? And when we doubt Jesus' character, it leads us to anxiety and fear, and it can lead us into 
depression. And finally, after it's almost too late, after they've literally done everything they possibly can before turning to Jesus, they've exhausted all of their own efforts, they've, they've depended on all of their ingenuity and all the storms that they're in, and they realize they're going to die now if they don't find Jesus. They, they've forgotten that he's even there, and so they go and they wake him up. But it was almost too late when they run to Jesus We need to learn from this that we need to react in crisis more quickly by running to Jesus. Don't wait. Don't exhaust all of your own efforts. Don't don't try to figure out if you can do it on your own. You can't. Turn to Jesus as fast as you can. We can learn from them that we need to turn to Christ as fast as possible. And what does Jesus do after they come to him and cry out to him? In compassion and care, he commands the wind and the waves to calm down. And there was a great And so that gets us to our third statement from Jesus, which is this in verse 40. He says, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? And this is where we see that Jesus is Lord. So Jesus wants them to understand something new about him because of this encounter that they've had with him in the storm. They want, he wants them to know what he knows about himself. He wants them to know that that he is the Lord of all. He is the Lord of nature. He is truly the Lord in the crisis. It says in verse 41, as a result of what they saw Jesus do, they were filled with a great fear. Now, this is really important. The goal of life is not that you would be unafraid. Okay, that's not really possible for the human heart because you're weak and you're finite. You can't do it on your own. The goal of life is not to be unafraid. The goal of life is to fear the right thing. Fear the right thing. There are many circumstances in our life, and we're not done. The last two years have been really hard. We're not done facing difficult things in this world. You're not done facing difficult things in this world. There are many moments and many many things that will happen in your life that are anxiety-producing, that are fear-producing, but you need to know the one who is greater than all your fears. You need to know the one who is so great that he displaces fear. You need to fear the Lord more than you fear anything that could happen that comes about in your life. And when I say fear the Lord, if you wonder what I mean by that, I mean to stand in awe of his greatness and his great love and his power, the greatness of his character. There is a reality, there is a narrative that is greater, a meta-narrative that is greater than all of the storms that we face. And that is that Jesus is Lord. In the midst of all this, and it is so difficult in reality to reconcile how that works itself out. We ask ourselves, if he's Lord, then why won't he do this? If he's Lord, why won't he do that? But he is Lord in the midst of our lives. He's Lord in the good times and in the crisis times. He is the Lord of all. And if we learn like the disciples to fear Jesus with a big fear, a great fear, then our fear of God will be able to look to him and see him like we sang in our first song, turn your eyes upon Jesus He's the only one who can make sense of our lives because we have to be honest here. We have to be honest because Jesus sometimes doesn't stand up in the middle of the storm and calm it immediately, does he? He does it. Sometimes our storms, sometimes they end in death. Sometimes they end in long-term chronic illness. Sometimes they end, sometimes the, the pain that we experience lasts a lifetime. How do we make sense of that? My, one of my closest friends died yesterday. Closest is, is probably a little too extreme. I, 
a pastoral hyperbole there on accident. So he was a good friend. He wasn't my friend. Uh, he was a good friend, a mentor of mine. I really looked up to him. Jay Kyle, he founded uh, the China Partnership and City to City with Redeemer. He was a mentor of mine. I first met him 22 years ago in Chongqing when I lived in China when he visited from Redeemer. And he passed away suddenly at the age of 70. Um, he had a stroke in the aneurysm, and he died. Sometimes storms end in death. So where is Jesus in that? You see, Jesus doesn't just stand up in storms like this and say, peace be still. It's not just in Mark 4 that he says, peace be still. If he just stood up in Mark 4 and said, peace be still, all we would have is a really beautiful story about a great person who lived. But the fact is that Jesus went to the cross and he said, peace be still. The fact is that Jesus went to the tomb and he broke through it and he said, peace be still. So that one day when you face death, when you face sin in your life that you struggle so greatly against, or ultimately you face that, that last day, that physical death, what is the hope of my friend Jay on that final day yesterday? The hope is that Jesus is in the boat with you. He's in the boat with you and he holds your hand and he does ensure that we get to the other side. He does ensure that we get to the other side of the lake. Because he said, peace be still on the cross, because he said, peace be still at the empty tomb, he will hold our hand and bring us safely through. And so Trinity Park, we are on a journey with Jesus, and we celebrate today. We do celebrate this building, absolutely. We celebrate God getting us through these last two years, but we celebrate Jesus, okay? Because it's Jesus beyond this building and beyond whatever it is you're facing right now. It is Jesus who brings you safely home. It is Jesus who holds your hand, who never leaves or forsakes you, and who, because he went to the cross, because he went to the empty tomb, he always brings us safely to the other side. We can put our hope in him, Trinity Park. No matter what we face in the future, we would be, uh, it would be unwise to think that our challenges are over now. <laughs> we will continue to face challenges. But because we have Jesus with us, because he's promised to get us to the other side, we will get there. We will get there because he has shed his blood and because he has broken death for us. Let me pray. Lord God, as we consider your power and your love for us in the midst of the storm, Lord, we also confess, God, that there have been times in the last couple of years that we have um, we've nearly lost our way, every single one of us, Lord. Our presuppositions about what life is all about have been challenged, but, Lord, you have been faithful Lord, you have seen pandemics. Lord, you have seen great strife in this world. Lord, you have seen struggles. You have seen your people travel, uh, not for two years, but for 40. And you have seen it all. And yet you are faithful to us. And so we praise you and praise your name, Lord God, that in the storm we can trust you no matter what we face. I pray that we would fear you and we would see you and stand in awe of you in the midst of whatever challenges we face personally or as a church moving forward. And we give you all the praise and the glory. We thank you in Jesus' name.